I'm Sister Gemma Simmons from the Margaret Beaufort Institute of Theology in Cambridge, and this is the second programme in a series on prayer in the tradition of St Ignatius of Loyola. An introduction to Ignatian spirituality is an excellent way of engaging with Lent. Our word Easter comes from the Anglo-Saxon word for spring. Ignatius's spiritual exercises and their approach to fostering a deep and intimate relationship with God includes an element of spring cleaning. We're invited to sweep away old, tired images of God and of ourselves that no longer serve us well. We're invited to approach prayer more creatively, exploring and experimenting with ways that may bring the Word of God to new life. There are no hard and fast rules here regarding what personal prayer is. It's every way that helps us to be in touch with the God who is present to us all the time, though often we don't notice that presence. In his spiritual exercises, St Ignatius invites us to get in touch with deep desires through imaginative immersion in a gospel scene, using our bodily senses and our imagination to draw us more instinctively and profoundly into direct transforming encounters with Jesus. This is not Bible study, but an intimate meeting with Jesus, a personal assimilation of the words of our Creator God. When we read history books about great figures like Napoleon or Marie Curie, we can get a vivid sense of the person themselves. But they're figures from the past, not alive to us in a way that changes us. As we change when we have face-to-face encounters with living people. In this way of prayer, Jesus is not a beloved figure from an inaccessible past, but a living person whom we can encounter face to face in a way that brings about change in us. Whatever way we can engage our minds, hearts and body in prayer and personal conversation with Jesus, that is going to be what Ignatius invites us to do. We may have grown stale in a one-size-fits-all approach which hasn't grown with us. We may have become discouraged, needing to learn to become more disciplined or to loosen up in relationship with God. Prayer in this sense is very much a matter of horses for courses. We're encouraged to become brave and humble enough to pray as we can, not as we can't. And by doing so, we may find that in fact we can do more than we think. Perhaps you'd like to try this yourself. First of all, it's important to calm yourself physically and to be still. Maybe take a few deep breaths. Listening first of all to the sounds outside the room and the sounds inside the room the sound of yourself breathing, to let go and be still. Now imagine what it would be like to be a leper, covered in a terrifying and painful skin disease and forced because of it to leave your home, your work and family, everything that is dear and familiar to you, to live in utter shame. Imagine the loneliness and the desperation. There's no cure that you know of, and no medicine that you've tried has made any difference. You've heard that there's this wandering rabbi going round curing people. He's in the neighbourhood, and you decide to risk coming out of hiding to find him. It's a big risk, 
If anyone sees you, you're going to have to shout unclean. But it's worth a try. Suddenly, there he is, right in front of you. What does this moment feel like as you approach him? He might be like everyone else, disgusted and horrified at the sight of you. He might tell you to go away, afraid that he'll be contaminated himself if he comes near you. But no, he's beckoning. He looks right into your eyes, smiling. What do you want me to do for you? What words do you find to tell him what it's been like for you as a leper living in hiding? Master, if you want to, you can heal me. Of course I want to, he says. Be healed. What's it like now as you look down at your flesh, whole and restored? What do you want to say to Jesus? What's it like going back home? What does this experience mean for the rest of your life? We're going to stop now for some music while you have a moment to reflect on what this exercise has been like. This is Praying with Ignatius, a series for Lent on learning to pray with St Ignatius of Loyola, and I'm Sister Gemma Simmons. We're not dealing here with a complicated and advanced method of gaining expertise in the art of contemplation and mystical prayer. Prayer is in fact very straightforward. Human beings are wired for God. It's in our DNA, so to speak, to be able to reach out or deep within and find the God who connects with us at so many levels of our human existence. For us, it's a matter of discovering what's often buried under layers of distraction or beliefs that contradict our experience. We tell ourselves that only holy people really know how to pray, or that what we're doing can't really be prayer, or that prayer is something so otherworldly that it can't have anything to do with day-to-day -day living in material bodies and concrete ordinary contexts. The best way to get going is to get going, on a road for which there is no map, but which unfolds before our feet if we have the courage to walk. On their pilgrimages to Jerusalem, Jesus and his family and friends would have recited special psalms called the Gradual Psalms. Psalm 84 verse 5 says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. The pilgrim way each of us is called to walk every day is the path of conversion. Someone asked me recently, so when did you become a Christian? To which I replied, today I hope. The book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 to 23, says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. 
They're new every morning. In that sense, our opportunities to start afresh are also new every day, irrespective of what's gone on before. In the memoir of his life, Ignatius never named himself but called himself The Pilgrim. I hope this programme will be a helpful introduction to Ignatius as a companion to you on your pilgrim road. Sometimes I'm going to suggest some questions which will also be available online with the blog page that goes with this programme. Here are some of them. What do you think prayer is? Have you found a way to pray that works for you? Or have you read anything that encourages you to branch out into new ways, but you've just never tried them? Can you remember ever having a sense of God's presence in your life? What triggered that? What was it like? And what did it lead to? These are the kinds of reflective questions it's really worth spending a bit of time, whether sitting down and still, or going on a walk, or doing the washing up, asking yourself and reflecting on what the answers might be. As Ignatius discovered more about how God was at work in his life, he kept a notebook of what helped him to come closer to God and understand God's ways. He came to realise that what had helped him could be of help to others too. Those notes would in time become his spiritual exercises, organised into four so-called weeks. These don't correspond to seven-day blocks of time, but to different stages in a process of growing in spiritual freedom and friendship with Jesus. We learn to understand more deeply that we're created uniquely to know, love and serve God. We experience ourselves as lovingly created, with everything else in the world created to help us become our best selves. We come to see that some things are blocking our growth and freedom, while other things may be able to help us flourish more completely. We ask God's help to let go of things that are stunting our growth and to reach out courageously to whatever invites us to grow. Some people leave home for a week or even a month and go to a retreat house to make a silent, full immersion retreat. Others don't have that kind of time or money, and they follow the path of the exercises over a longer period of time while still in their home setting. But there's also a huge variety of shortened forms of daily prayer and focused spiritual engagement that can be done every day at home. Pray As You Go is one of them. It's a podcast that takes about 10 minutes and was designed to be used for people walking to work, walking the dog, or just doing something that takes 10 minutes of unfocused activity while they listen. The first week of the exercises begins with seeing our life and our purpose in the world within the perspective of God's unending love for us. God's greatest gift to us is freedom and from that perspective of knowing how much we are loved, we're invited to acknowledge that sometimes we prefer slavery to freedom. The slavery to harmful habits, toxic ways of thinking and speaking and acting that damage us and the world around us. This can be a very painful realisation, but from this position of honest and radical encounter with our unfreedoms, 
we come to experience amazing grace. We know ourselves as loved and forgiven sinners, and we hear the invitation of Jesus to follow him as friends. We can have a pause now to have a bit of a think about what you've heard. This is Praying with Ignatius, a series looking at the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola, and we're looking at the framework of his spiritual exercises. The second week or stage of the exercises is a school in discipleship in which we trace the pattern of God's choices. It starts with the loving God in relationship that is the Trinity opting for our sake to be born into our world in human flesh, in the person of Jesus. We follow him through childhood and growth into adulthood. We become familiar with him as a person known by experience, as it says in the first letter of John, chapter 1. What we've heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we've looked at and touched with our hands. By becoming his intimate companions through imaginative contemplation in the Gospels, we witness and share in his healing and teaching, and we come to know what Ignatius calls Jesus's way of proceeding. We learn to see the world and react to it the Jesus way, and we're brought face to face with a number of opportunities to see him more clearly, love him more dearly, and follow him more nearly. The third and fourth weeks of the exercises are inseparable, since the passion of Jesus can't be understood without his resurrection, and vice versa. They're a school of the heart in which we follow Jesus on the road to Calvary, meditating on his words and actions in the weeks leading up to his passion, and seeing how all of it is the ultimate expression of God's love for us in the word made suffering flesh. The fourth week leads us to meditate on Jesus's risen life with his disciples. We learn the difference his rising makes to the whole of human history and to the universe itself. With the disciples, we walk with the risen Christ and we accept his summons to go and announce the good news to all nations loving and serving him in the circumstances of our ordinary concrete lives in the world. The Ignatian spiritual exercises act as a pattern for living and praying, a dynamic inner process. It's a rhythm of attraction and response in which we can go ever deeper into the truth of ourselves in God and God at work in us. 
This dynamic is paralleled in the rhythm of the church's year, so that as the year and its liturgical cycle goes round, we are gently renewing our encounter with Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. We see him born into our world, living his hidden life of utter ordinariness, calling us to his side as he embarks on his mission. We hear him asking us to live in his spirit wherever and however we're invited to do so. The weeks of the exercises are specific stages in a retreat, but they're also particular phases in our life's journey. We may find ourselves in first week mode, learning to see ourselves with God's merciful eyes, learning by experience to know ourselves as sinners but loved and forgiven, created by God for a definite purpose. In second week mode, we find ourselves receiving a call to conversion and close friendship with Jesus, but there will be calls within that call. Many people say that the reason they got married or made some other life commitment is not the same as the reason why they've stayed within that commitment. We change as we age and as our vocation unfolds. The most important vocation for any Christian is that of baptism, to become part of the body of Christ. And it's a natural aspect of bodies that they grow, change and mature. We have life rhythms that correspond to times of self-exploration and fresh encounter with Jesus. There may be times of close companionship when we take stock of what we're doing with our gifts and feel the invitation to make a commitment to something or someone in a bond of love. There may also be times of distance. We fall out with God. We fall out of love with Jesus. And we have to go back to the beginning of trying to rebuild a relationship where there's maybe been hurt and silence and angry words. But God is always waiting, always inviting. The commitments that we make as a result of our sense of who we are and who we're called to be in the world ask us to put others first and to empty ourselves of egotistical compulsions. This can be demanding and challenging, but the love of Christ and the love of those who are in our lives given to us by God urges us on. In third week mode, it may be a time in our lives when we experience estrangement and loss. We may face the death of those we love, or suffering in others or indeed in ourselves. Our doubts and inescapable darkness come to the surface as we confront the radical poverty and the difficult questions in ourselves. We see that same fragility in Jesus, who empties himself of all power for our sake, and in doing so, overcomes all the darkness and dominance that exists within the world. This is the moment of his greatest humiliation and greatest victory, and now the invitation is to share in this victory by staying with him in his suffering. Instead of instinctively wanting to escape, all we want, as St Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, 
is to know Christ and to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings and become like him in his death. That desire to know Christ crucified and risen changes our perspective on the world forever and enables us to see everything as resonating his risen glory as well as reflecting his sufferings. We become truly able to find God in all things. Julian of Norwich says that God finds in us his homeliest home. St Ignatius invites us to pray in a way that convinces us that nothing can separate us from that homeliest home which we can find every day in God. Before we ever try to pray, Ignatius invites us to focus on what we're doing and take our state of mind and body seriously. If we were preparing for a personal conversation with someone important to us, we wouldn't rush into it straight off the streets, our minds and bodies elsewhere. So Ignatius tells us to take our bodily posture and mental state seriously in a way that helps us to be fully present and focused. This includes being mindful of whatever gift or grace we're moved to ask for. The asking isn't about the possibility that we might forget what we're desiring unless we mention it, still less that God doesn't know what we need, but because such desires are seen to be a gift in themselves, and naming the desire prepares us to receive the gift we're asking for. The worst thing that could ever happen to us is to become people of no desire at all. I'm not bothered. We are bothered, and that's why we try to pray. Ignatius urges us to develop a sense of awe and reverence. This isn't just anyone we're coming before. It's the unknowable, unimaginable God beyond all our thoughts and words and imagining. The practice of reverence grows that sense of awe within us. Ignatius tells us that what we do with our bodies matter. If we're sitting all scrunched up with our shoulders right up to our ears, we're not going to be relaxed enough to be able to be still and listen. We need to be aware if our bodies are hurting in some way. It helps us to try and relax so that we can become aware of our bodies as a place of encounter rather than a place of distraction. It helps us, therefore, to be able to develop a sense of reverence. This isn't just anyone we're coming before. It's the unknowable, unimaginable God beyond all our thoughts and words and imagining. Ignatius also urges us to develop a sense of simplicity and affectionate confidence. Picking up and cuddling the baby in the manger, thrilling with the joy and amazement of seeing a blind person restored to sight, weeping as we see Jesus mocked and humiliated by brutal soldiers without a shred of mercy. This is intended to foster a real and heartfelt relationship with him in prayer. Ignatius encourages us to take note of the directions in which our thoughts and feelings travel, noting the interior movements of our hearts and following where they lead us. 
We may be facing specific choices or simply trying to build reflectiveness into our normal way of living more consciously, being more switched on to God in our everyday life. Either way, this kind of praying and reflecting can help us make good choices and decisions in great things and small. Above all, Ignatian spirituality is a very practical approach to the things of God. Ignatius believed that we're all called to cooperate with the Spirit at work in the world in order to transform it into what God intends for it. There are no no-go areas in creation because everything belongs to God. Therefore, we're invited to develop a capacity to find God in all things and to see the whole of life as a collaboration with our Creator. There is the properly secular sphere in terms of what's not the specifically religious or ecclesial sphere. But while our call to sanctity is as a people of faith, it's equally as people involved in family, business, study, agriculture, industrial labour, the arts or science or technology, people with particular histories, opportunities, illnesses, hopes and fears. Through the teaching of Ignatius, we learn to integrate every part of our life, the spiritual, the financial, the social and the sexual, and live it to the full in Christ. This is Sister Gemma Simmons. You've been listening to Programme 2 in Praying with Ignatius. find many books and websites aimed at helping people pray with St. Ignatius. You might like to look at www.ignatianspirituality.com or www.sacredspace.ie or www.pray-as-you-go.org. These are three really excellent Ignatian websites. The programmes will be broadcast on Monday at 1 o'clock, Tuesday at 4pm, Wednesday at 12.30am, Thursday at 5.30am and 8pm and Saturday at 2.30pm. For any questions or to share your experience while listening to this programme, please email the address info at radiomariaengland.uk or leave a voicemail, text or WhatsApp at this number 07502 This programme is available as a podcast on most podcast providers such as iTunes, Spotify and Google Play. To listen and see the full schedule, visit radiomariaengland.uk.